0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence
1: Live. This is Father Richard Kunst, along with Cindy Jennings, my co-host, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, on the shores of beautiful Lake Superior. We are coming to you from the St. James campus of Stella Mars Academy. And right now we are talking to a a new guest, Karen Ball. Karen, have you ever been on the radio here before with us?
2: Just one very brief time.
1: Really, what was that for?
2: Um, promoting our fish dinner a few years ago. Oh,
1: I remember. We used to do the we used to do the um, uh, the tour around the listening area. Yes, it was That's at our... the
2: pastoral center.
1: Okay. Oh, all right. All right. So, okay.
2: Yep. I I stepped out of the youth minister meeting and. Spent about three minutes. Was
1: it me and Father Ryan? Yes, it okay, was. Okay, all right. Well, Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now you have more than like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this could get long.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, no. Um, so I grew up in this area, and I grew up at St. Lawrence, and um, I'm married for 30 years. Wow. And we have four daughters. Are you older than me? No. Okay. We have decided that you are older than me, even okay. though the children think I look older than you. Yeah, I
1: think I see However, that. Oh, I would
2: say no. Uh-huh. I had four daughters, and they were all teenagers at once. So they make you age. So I deserve <laughs> gotcha. to look okay, older okay, than okay. you. Okay. All right. so,
1: okay, so you got four daughters. You're married <laughs> for 30 years. Yep, four and daughters. we
2: have um, three grandkids. And um, for the past 18 years, I have been working at St. Lawrence. Um, For a while we are clustered with a different parish and now we are with Holy Family. Um, The last several years, since 2016, I've been full-time at the parishes and I work with the preschool through the seniors. and, And of course, as you know, I do anything else that I'm assigned by my boss. Aww,
1: well, I mean, a so good staff member would do that. Well, I try. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, okay, so you were part-time then for quite a while.
2: Yes, I was. I okay. was. I worked with the preschool through eighth grade. I actually took Vicki Schweiger's place, that's right. who is a good friend of both of ours, so yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I just, I did that along with doing childcare in my home, and um, it just, that gave me life. And so when the f- opportunity to go full-time came up, I jumped at it. Um, I just absolutely love working with our youth and I can say our youth now because we collaborate right. with that's your right. parishes. Yep. And um, Cindy I know your sons. Yes. So it's it's oh, great. Oh boy, wait
1: till you get to know the other
2: ones. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, although you do have the prior the Lenny, worst. You know. Lenny's the worst. Well
2: he but I didn't mean that's got in a, in a great heart sort of. Way. He's got a great heart. He yeah. yeah. does. He does. He does have a good heart. So I mean, he's a
1: okay, so I mean good. you're natural at it and uh, you know it, and so I really respect how you do that. I think one of the things that you have, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, is uh, that's very beneficial to St. Lawrence is longevity. Yes. So it's like yes. youth ministry always has a kind of high turnover, but my parish here at St. James has an extraordinarily high turnover at least the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to not take any credit for that, but I might be part of the reason. I don't know. But but uh, turnover in youth ministry, it's all about relationships, right?
2: It is. And, and the thing of that, You know, working at the parishes that I have and and walking with the kids from First Communion all the way through Confirmation seems to be really beneficial. Um, I do know a couple of other parishes in our diocese that have you know longer term youth ministers, but really it is a high turnover rate. Um, I think part of that is, you know, there's many graces that you receive, but the paycheck is probably not what you would get in the secular world. So I think a lot of people step away for that reason. I, I don't know what else to say about that except for there's a lot of burnout because it's not a Monday through Friday job. Yep. You know, I would say over the course of the year my average hours per week is sixty. Right. Um but I wouldn't give that up for anything at this point. Well so
1: the right person has to be found, right? Absolutely. So it's so it's like, you know, I think a lot of the things that you know, like even in my own being a pastor over the years, it's like I just tend to think, well, a young person would be a good youth minister. And a young person tends to be somebody that's not ready to make firm commitments for long periods of time. They're like in the middle of things, right? Absolutely.
2: And, and you know, I think that's the other part. Um, growing up at St. Lawrence and then coming back and being able to serve there has been just a gift for me personally. And um, you're right, you know, they're always looking possibly to, to get married or to move on to bigger, different, uh, other place, you know, greener pastures, I guess. But um, it's it's one of those jobs that... <coughs> really you can't look at it as a job father Mm -hmm. you know it's it's really a a ministry ministry. it is a a ministry ministry. right and if you don't have a passion for the youth if you don't have a passion for the faith it's not a job for you Mm -hmm. by any means um yeah, it's just been a great experience for me personally. And, and,
1: and so, I mean, maybe I can ask you, because I mean, I'm, we have lots of priests that listen and a lot of people that are active in parishes that listen to us all the way to Montana and Wyoming even, but not Canada, they're canceled. Uh, is that, um, uh, I mean, what would you say is the good and the bad versus the, the young person versus somebody that's a little bit more set, uh, uh, you know, in their in their life as a youth minister? I mean, there are benefits to both, I would suspect, right. and drawbacks Absolutely. to both. Maybe you can speak to that mm-hmm. a little bit.
2: Well, I know for a little bit more well-seasoned youth minister, I would say um, I probably don't have the technology tidbits. Mm-hmm. I have to really work at finding out where the kids are at and what they're hearing at the school level. So a younger youth minister is going to be better equipped with you know the technology and the, the, the glamour and whatnot. And... They've been there a little bit more recently than I have, so it's one of those things you have to really work at. Um, Father Ryan, um, when he was with us, <coughs> argued that somebody my age or, or a mom is a really good youth minister because you've, you've been in the trenches, you see what the kids are experiencing, you feel what they're feeling, and so you can go to where, where your needs are. Um, I look at some of our young youth ministers in the diocese, and they're great because they have the energy, and they bring mm-hmm. they bring that hype at camps, and they bring it at the retreats. But it's maybe a little bit more seasoned youth minister that knows where the holes are and where the needs are, and watching, you know, watching the kids and seeing okay, this this person's going to need a little bit more love, you know. So so it, there's good and both for both.
1: Right. It's it, <clears throat> I'd say it's harder to find a youth minister that would be older. I mean in my in my experience I know and i'm I'm just saying that's from the pastor side of things, you know we are we're juggling so many things we're just trying to find the easy fix, maybe
2: yeah, I can see that and you know, and one of the other things is that it is a sacrifice for your family as well because you know I'm gone sometimes up to ten days on mission trips, I'm gone for one possibly two weeks of camp in the summer, so I mean it is a sacrifice it's overnights it's weekends um it's working at night, obviously, you work when the kids are around mm-hmm. so so it's not a nine to five job and um i love it because um, it's worked for me because for so long i was in the home working and so now i'm out and i feel like i am sp- able to spread my wings and go but um, like last week going to a girls basketball game mm-hmm. so those girls get to see that i'm interested in what they're interested in um, it goes far with the kids and to build that relationship so it again if it's if you're considering youth ministry, it is not a nine-to-five job
1: you know, and, and I do want to uh, to affirm one thing that you said earlier on, because <laughs> it kind of bit me a few weeks ago when I was giving the talk at youth ministry. It's like you said that the younger people know what the younger people are. The younger youth ministers yeah. kind of <laughs> So uh, when I asked about Homer Simpson and the Simpsons, oh, and no. all, I had like 80 <laughs> kids look at me like I was like yeah. just landed from Mars or something. Like, Who's Homer Simpson? It what are the great. Simpsons? And I think I was like, are you guys serious? I mean, you, if you guys don't know who, if you don't know what the Simpsons are, you are like totally being neglected in this world.
3: My little it's William like, watches it. Well, oh, no. yeah. I mean, so how come all these kids, they didn't
1: know who, anything about the Simpsons? So it's like, I can, I really appreciate it that. I thought I was talking to a bunch of kids from a different planet.
2: Well, and did you notice who won your game or who won the game? It was the a core team person. So it was oh, yeah. an adult.
1: Right. It's crazy. It's like, how do these kids survive? Maybe it's
2: time to grow up, father. No, I, just thought no. I thought It was great. I thought it was great.
1: Well, I mean, the other thing—I mean, the idea of respect—that's the thing I really like about your your position with these kids, especially the kids that have known you forever—is that they have the relationship with you, and so they have the respect for you. You can, you know, I mean, although youth minister, or DRE, or whatever you want to call the the position, doesn't want to always be the authoritarian, you have to be that, right? And they respect right. that.
2: Well, it's it's kind of funny because you know, and I—I I, your your son might know this, Cindy. But I have a rule: if your phone isn't in your pocket, it's in my pocket.
3: Oh, good! He's
2: got a great mm, phone, by the way. It. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's been in my pocket a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Which one, um, Lenny? Yeah, Leni. But, Leni. but but you know, it's really funny because I just walk over to them. I don't even have to say anything. I put my hand out, and they know they'll obviously get it back. But it's not done to be um, demeaning to the child. It's you're distracting everybody else around you, and we're trying to give you the keys. To learn how to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. And if you're distracting everybody else, you're taking that opportunity away from them. And they're just like, Oh yeah. You know, and at the end of the night when I give it back, I'm like, dude, keep it in your pocket. I understand. Kids are connected to their devices and when they don't know where they are or if they feel it buzzing constantly, I get it. They want it's natural to look. But during certain parts of the night it's like I better not see it. Are they
1: allowed to have it in school?
2: Yeah. At the school as they are. At Denfield?
1: Yes. Yes. So, like, even in public school, if the teacher's giving a lecture, they can they can take it on just putts on it. Yeah.
3: It depends on the teacher. They have some kind of sign in the classroom to tell you how they feel about the phone, and you just... So it's up to the teacher. But most teachers do, because I think they're scared of the students, too.
2: Oh, you touched on something. Yes. Very much mm-hmm. so, Cindy. And and that's the other part that I tell them. I'm like, we're not at school. I'm not afraid of you. And right. go ahead, tell your parents. I'd mm-hmm. love a conversation. Mm-hmm. And And it's truly because I want them to learn to have a relationship with the Lord. And if they're messing around on their phones, that's not really going to be building a relationship.
1: And a kid is really different when they're by themselves as opposed to with their friends, right?
2: Oh, yes. You know that, Father. Yeah, I think almost
1: everybody knows (laughs) that. But how does that factor into youth ministry?
2: Well, I know when we've been able to have a couple of kids that we have um, taken on a trip, and they're not really going with a friend per se... Amount of opportunity for growth is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to be cool. They don't have to say the right things. They don't have to act bored or annoyed. And they can just, they can just embrace the opportunity. And it's, it's so fun to watch them peel down those outer layers mm-hmm. and just be authentic and really work on that relationship with the Lord. It's yeah. it's incredible. In fact, Cindy, I think your children need to go on the mission trip. I know. I think Leonard it conflicts with something.
3: Will. What date? Would you remember what day? About July time. 11th to the 16th. I think we're gone to Wisconsin. You See, are not. What
1: You're going to go on the retreat. Anyhow, <laughs> so we are talking to Karen Ball, uh, youth minister extraordinary, director of religious education extraordinary, and we'll continue this conversation with her immediately after this brief break. Stay
0: with us. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on The Real Presence Radio Network.
3: Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI presented by Leonardo Di DiFilippis of St. Luke Productions.
4: The connection between faith and heart. In reality... For the believing Christian, the words I believe articulate a kind of certainty that is in many respects a higher degree of certainty than that of science, yet one that does indeed carry within it the dynamic of the not yet. We live faith not as a hypothesis, but as the certainty on which our life is based. Belief is certainty that God has shown himself and has opened up for us the view of truth itself. In the act of believing, the ascent comes about in a different way from the way it does in the act of knowing not through the degree of evidence bringing the process of thought to its conclusion, but by an act of will in connection with which the thought process remains open and still underway. Here the will commands assent even though the thought process is still underway. Any perception presupposes a certain sympathy with what is perceived. Without a certain inner closeness, a kind of love, We cannot perceive the other thing or person. In this sense, the will always somehow precedes the perception and is its precondition. We are able to give the assent of faith because the will, the heart, has been touched by God, affected by Him. Through being touched in this way, the will knows that even what is still not clear to the reason is
3: true. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunzlan with Cindy Jennings. You certainly are listening to the Real Presence Radio, and I don't know if it's uplifting and inspiring, but we are talking to Karen Ball right now, a youth minister of the local group of parishes that we're in. Yes, Cindy's Karen, thanks
3: for everything that you're doing. I mean, we really need good people, um, you know, having making good fruit, and I think that's what you're doing. My question for you is, with the kids that you're working with now on um, the Wednesday Faith Formation, what are you seeing as the... M- kind of their most challenged like when you talk when you look at things that are going on in the secular world and these kids being mixed in with it what are you noticing that's kind of your biggest challenge for that or for them
2: oh goodness this is something that I think even with my own family when they were growing up that we we really had to try to strike a balance Um, these kids are over scheduled they have their sports they have their music they have friends um, obligations they have, work obligations, and then we expect to fit that faith component in. Um, Jenny Boren came and gave a talk at the end of our faith formation year last year, and she piled on all the responsibilities with just like different symbolic things for the kid, for one child to hold, and she couldn't possibly do it because these kids have so much in their life. Um, I feel like parents are um, torn between having making them. Go to learn about the faith and allowing them to be, you know, the best at their sport or the best at the athletic opportunities or music, whatnot. Um, so I think once upon a time, you know, Father, when you and I were growing up,
1: <laughs> you were growing up before when you I were, was. <laughs>
2: um, it felt like our faith formation came first and the softball, basketball, volleyball mm-hmm. came after. Um, parish dinners bingos those were kind of our family social things Mm -hmm. and now it's just all these other you know things times have changed sports oh my goodness and it's not just if you want to excel at a sport it's a year-round activity absolutely yep and the fact that once upon a time wednesday nights were kept as faith formation nights Mm -hmm. you know There wasn't any activity after 5 o'clock. I remember being chased out of the gym. It's 5 o'clock. You guys need to leave. Um, That's not happening anymore.
1: So the challenge for somebody like in your position and even somebody in my position, parents for that matter, is mostly when the kids get there, they don't want to be there. It's like, we don't want to be here. We just don't want to be here. It's like, how do we get them to want to be there?
2: Gosh, you know, that's something that I struggle (laughs) with all the time. Um, Again, it's one of those (laughs) learning who they are learning what they enjoy, asking them about their activities, and saying, do you realize you would not excel, say, at hockey, basketball, whatever it is, if you did not have the Lord with you, you know? Um, And the more you learn about your faith the better you are going to be all over your life. Um, one of the things that I, I actually think I made a little kid cry one time. I kind of feel bad about it now. <laughs> I years love it. I, I <laughs> he's going to love, gonna love this do. story.
1: I just made a little kid <laughs> cry just a few oh, yeah. minutes before the show started.
2: Oh, dear. Oh, Father. Um, this kid, he's like, I don't need to come to church because I'm going to be, you know, in the NHL. And I looked at him and I said, Dominic, what happens if you blow your knee and you don't, you know, that's, that might be your plan A. But what's your plan B? And if you don't have the Lord as part of your life, if you don't, if you don't follow Jesus and if you don't go to Mass, you know, where are you going to be? And he just, like, started to kind of, like, break down a little. And I'm like, I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you need to think about, you know, hockey is not supposed to be your God. Mm-hmm. And so personally, it hurts um, I look back on my life. We had four daughters that were very involved in athletics in school. One went on to pe- play a college sport. My others could have. Um, and I hope, I, I pray that we try to balance that a little bit better.
1: I'll oh, go ahead, Cindy. You uh, have a question?
2: When you have um, the kids, like you've already
3: been through all this, and you look back at all the activities that you did with your children, do you feel like you put too much emphasis on it, even though maybe you're not like the you know, the moms right now that are so obsessed, but do you feel like, Oh, nobody ended up being a pro anything. (laughs) Should you, you know, do you think about that? Like, what would you say to a viewer that a listener? listener We don't have viewers.
1: Cindy, this is radio. I know. I I should be on TV. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Cindy.
3: (laughs) No,
2: but what would you say to them? You know, who? Yeah. I think just to keep it in perspective. um, Yeah. I didn't end up having any of my girls become Olympic soccer players. Um, but the fact that they have to learn teamwork and That's good group work and yeah. things like that, it's good but it's also finding that balance um, one of my favorite stories, so you know Katie father, um, she's left handed and so when she was playing basketball in 5th grade they, they did practice right during faith formation and if she didn't go to the practice she didn't get to play in the tournaments according to the coach but then he met yeah. me mm-hmm. um, I just said to him one time, I'm like, and he was a good man. You know, a lot of patience dealing with fifth grade girls in basketball, let me tell you, because I've done it. But um, I went up to him and I said, here's the scoop. You know, she, she had a great left-handed layup because she was left-handed. I said, you know, her perfecting the right-handed layup is not going to get her into heaven. These classes, I pray, will bring her closer to the opportunity for heaven. So here's the deal this Mm -hmm. is what's going to happen and he totally backed down because he was like oh (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but i don't think enough parents are willing to be assertive and maybe i was a little aggressive i could say but um i think in the long run katie's been better for it
1: and kids don't even think of it you know i mean i last time i taught was i think just last week and i said something like how many you know somebody that's died Oh, you, know, you know, death is not even in the kid's head, but right. but they have classmates that take their lives. Right. Unfortunately, that's a pretty common thing. And then they certainly know people that have died, but they're still, they're they're in that immortal phase. Right. And so how how we get that through them. You know, I was going to say earlier, I talked to a young woman, this is a number of years ago, but she, she really struck me what she said. She said, I've always been the ace volleyball player. She mm-hmm. said, it to like the best, the best. So all through high school, I was the best. I got a full scholarship in volleyball, I was the best. I was always so and so the volleyball player. But then I graduated from college and now I'm I lost right. my identity. Right. This woman, she was young woman. she said, I don't have my identity anymore. Right. Because I was so wrapped up in this sport. And ninety nine point nine 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 percent of these kids are not gonna go pro.
2: Right. You know, and
1: so if they're so wrapped up in their identity of their sport, that gets taken away eventually.
2: Exactly. And then what do they have? Well and and that's that's one of our jobs, your job, my job. Is trying to teach them that you are a child of God first. You know, you can be the. And it's more player.
1: so; it's Cindy's job as a mom.
2: Absolutely. Because
1: because I mean, we 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 assist the principal educators of the faith. Correct. Right. But a lot of the principal educators of the faith don't do anything. Right. So then we become the principal ones. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What no, you were going to say?
2: No. no, I just. Um, and that is a challenge because we are trying to empower the families, but a lot of families because they grew up where you know it wasn't your church wasn't the center part of your family, that it was just a side part of it, so they don't, have, they don't feel like they have the catechesis, they don't feel like they have the tools to share the faith as much. Um, that's, that's one thing that I think as Catholics we need to do better is to educate the parents and bring them in as well. But it's that time factor, you know? It's that having to sacrifice their time to receive some direction they don't have that. A lot of people want to drop their kids off at Faith Formation and do their target run and their grocery run without their kids. I understand that. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> My mm-hmm. grocery bill is always a lot more when I, to this day, have my adult daughters with me, yeah. and that's fine. But it's it's one of those things that we need to emphasize, you know, faith should start in the home,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: we should be supplementing them.
1: What do you tell a parent whose kid just cannot stand going? How do you, how do you get your kid, how, as a parent, how do you get your kid to... To get there and kind of want to be there. So I
2: was a mean mom. I know that's probably hard for you to know. I
1: don't believe that at all.
2: <laughs> um, and actually, maybe I should say I was a mean mom and partner because my husband and I together. Um,
1: you were the bad cop.
2: We were. Well, we both were bad cops. If you live in our house, you go to mass. Right. If you live in our house, you go to class. Granted, there were times, you know, um, that it was like, okay, you're 15, 20 minutes late for class, or I pulled you early, whatever it was to go around sure. your activities. You just need to be the one, you have to decide what what is the great outcome here. We want them to know the Lord. We want them to have a relationship. They're not going to have a relationship with God if they are constantly on the basketball court or on the lacrosse field or, in, you know, whatnot, whatever their activity is. Um, we need to begin to prioritize the faith because... Like you said about the volleyball player when it's all said and done what do you have left Mm -hmm. so
3: and i think continuous conversation about why you're going and what you're doing is great and then i think even being the hard mom that you are i think in the future that that goes with them and they're going to continue that because they're going to see that importance and the love from it and they're going to want that for their own children right
2: Uh, we just completed some confirmation interviews this weekend. And this one kid came in, and he's great. I've known him since he was probably toddling around, had his older brother in the program and whatnot. he was just like disgusted that they have to do all of the things for church. And I pulled out the catechism, and I opened up, you know, to probably a 20th of it, and I said, "This is what you know. This is what you've been taught, because our faith is so rich, it's so deep, it's so beautiful. This is all the more that you have to go." And I said, and I told him, if I'm being honest with myself, I only know about half, or probably even less than half mm-hmm. of the catechism well. And I said, it's a lifelong process. This isn't just a one and done and that type of thing.
1: Yeah. we, um, uh, Karen, you, you've been a great guest. We we actually have a listener that called in, just wanted to, uh, commending moms for showing their kids and teaching the faith. It starts from the top in the teaching kids of faith and, uh. The book is not the long, I don't know, I don't know what book they're talking about. Somebody called in commending what you're saying and how we need to really uh, teach our kids is all about, it is all about getting to heaven. You, yes. we, we have we have like 40 seconds left. Say something about our confirmation program, because kind of new that we have here.
2: Yeah, so we <coughs> we collaborate with um, St. James, St. Lawrence, Holy Family, and St. Elizabeth. And we. I just feel like we're doing a really good job. They meet once a, a month on the Sunday night, just specifically for confirmation. We have the pastors of both churches come, of course, Father Rich. Um, the relic night sure. when you brought in your relics that went a long way with these kids because it's tangible. Mm-hmm. So that's that's our biggest thing is to try to teach them to have the relationship with the Lord, give them the tangibles and give them the tools to continue the journey after confirmation.
1: Thank you, Karen. God thank bless you, you in your work. You are doing thank great you. work. I can say that because I see it. And so thank you very much. Thank you, Father. So uh, after, Keep this,
2: taking this all
3: after,
1: this, after this, <laughs> after this brief break, we'll be talking about.